Alright, we're live. <clears throat> Alrighty. So, how's your week been? Well, first off, for those tuning in, I would like to invite you to leave a review on whatever podcast platform you use uh, to listen to your podcast, such as Apple Podcasts would be the one that I use. Um, leave a review, rate us, let us know what, what's good, let us know what's bad, and we'll work to improve. Uh, Just don't kill us, please. <laughs> no, the coronavirus will do that for us. Oh, yeah, 100%. <clears throat> um, Especially with me being essential. Yeah. Uh, so... What have you been up to the last couple weeks? Um, let me see. I've been clearly working. Mm-hmm. A little bit frustrated with that, but we'll save that for another time. Um, and then just playing an absolute boatload of The Witcher 3. Nice. Uh, are you playing because of, the, uh, because of the show? To be honest, I've been playing off and on just for for the longest time. It's one of those games that I can I can just kind of keep coming back to. It's a very very nice, well-crafted single-player experience. Nice. Definitely definitely a lot of fantasy elements and it uh it has certainly helped to teach me about folklore a lot actually. Oh yeah. I'm very surprised. How so? Um, just the, the general names, habitats, feeding habits, all of that stuff that, you know, you wouldn't know unless you either did a lot of research in, in a, like an ancient bestiary or like go to the library, read up on this kind of stuff. It's just, it's a convenient place for all that information to be. And then when you are pitted up against those kinds of trials, it starts to get ingrained into your system. Hmm. So, yeah, I know a lot of people have been picking up that game specifically, or that series, because of uh, the Netflix original. I haven't currently seen it yet. No? No, not not at all. I would love to. I I really need to set some time down to, uh, to start watching. Yeah. Uh, I've watched a couple episodes. Uh, I'm not necessarily impressed, but I can see where the the hype's coming from. But I also I'm sure a lot of people are um, migrating over from Game of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so pretty much just working in Witcher Three, huh? Um, working Witcher Three, playing a little bit of uh, Payday Two, a game called. Um, Zero Caliber, which is... What's that? It is a very over-exaggerated war simulation that takes place in virtual reality. Oh, nice. Um, basically, every single gun is customizable, meaning you can swap out stocks, suppressors, uh, sights, optics, and just various things, um, along with you know a couple of ma- magazine modifications, Long mags, uh, double mags, all that kind of stuff. Nice. Heavy customization. Um, 
all the enemies come equipped with random guns, so you'll see people running around with a sniper rifle that has a pistol grip and a, <laughs> a red dot sight with a laser or oh, a yeah. flashlight. It's it's kind of dumb. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, having a flashlight on a sniper rifle seems counterintuitive. I mean, unless you're going to blast somebody's night vision. True. It's about the only uh, example I can think to have one. Fair enough. Um, and then just waiting for Half-Life Alex to come out. Which, as of today, it dropped, right? As of today, it has, and I'm currently downloading it as we speak. Nice. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, I guess segueing from that, uh, you linked me the article about Left 4 Dead 3 potentially being on virtual reality platforms. No. The title is probably a little... uh, I realize now how that could be misleading. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Oh, Left 4 Dead Dead 3 rumor and Portal VR. There we go. Yeah. I don't know how I'd feel about Portal VR, to be honest. Yeah, it would be ultimately motion sick. Like, I I remember uh, one of the staple games for PSVR was uh, the, like, bird flying simulator. Uh-huh. And like everybody was like, "This is super cool," but I can only play it for like twenty minutes, and before I have to go vomit because <laughs> everything is so high and like the movement is erratic because of quote unquote wind, you know. It's uh-huh. like so I can only imagine playing Portal in VR would be a nightmare. Oh, for sure, I. I've gotten to the point where my VR legs, if you will, have developed enough to be able to handle most things. But there are still games with with fairly jarring movement that still kind of get to me. Um, The Elder Scrolls Skyrim, uh, that VR port still gets to me to this day. So I'll get into my week in a second, but I'm curious on like what you uh, think I know we're not like technical experts on how the how everything works like VR wise, but how do you think that uh, manufacturers or developers of these VR platforms and video games can get to a point where it is almost, like how do they eliminate a lot of that motion sickness? Do you get what I'm trying to ask here? Yeah, a lot of that motion sickness could be eliminated with, I would say smoother movement and having more or less real body physics so having a a skeleton armature built around the headset so that you could actually feel like you're there and you can hear the footsteps in accordance with where legs are moving and then just kind of smoother movement Uh, bringing it back to my experience with um, with uh, the Elder Scrolls Skyrim the when they ported it over they didn't change the movement so if you move the joystick full tilt 
you go from standing stock still to full-on jogging <laughs> jogging sprint yeah that would be jarring yes very um and there's there's not really any acceleration which is i feel where most people get motion sick right because i mean anybody who's ever been on on a roller coaster or maybe even in a car if you've gone gone on one of the uh higher end luxury cars if you step on the gas pedal you go from stock still and then you get that very very brisk acceleration and you still feel like you're back four feet yeah your stomach just kind of turns over Mm -hmm. whether that's actual motion or perceived motion weirdly enough eyes eyes are very very complex or i guess are our entire balance system is very complex that involves vision and basically accelerometers and uh, axial detectors in your ears, um, your, your equilibrium. And of course, if one of those is disturbed, it takes a little bit to get used to. So only your eyes are seeing this, but your equilibrium isn't feeling it or experiencing it. Right. So that that lack of correlation can make a lot of people sick. Yeah. So things like um, snap snap turning is is very helpful because it blacks out the screen and then puts you at another angle, as opposed to like a, a sliding turn. Uh, I feel like the the other way the first way would be more jarring to me for some reason it's it's per person basis that's that's why they have options nowadays kind of like i mean just field of view or uh yeah field Uh, of view settings you know what i'm talking about Yeah, at the beginning of most games uh most vr games they have a uh they have a, a comfortability uh acclimator like a diagnostic Windows sort things. of test. Yeah. Gotcha. It's like it's like when you boot up some games for the first time and they they have a brightness gamma slider. It's like that, hmm. um, but for your movement comfortability. Gotcha. So if if some people like sliding turns or smooth turning, and some people like snap turning, uh, you can set it from startup. Nice. Um. Just limiting, limiting movement that's not, or I guess limiting movement that's out of your control would be the strongest point that I can hit on. See, but then doesn't that take away from some of the immersion, I guess? Sometimes. Um, if, if you can, if you can visibly depict that this thing is supposed to move you then then it continues with the immersion so if you if you see a a slippery spot on the floor if you see some water on the floor and your vr character your vr avatar takes a step over it and then slides forward a little bit it's expected because you looked at the water you stepped into it and you slid 
I feel like maybe maybe with Portal that could be that could make it a little bit easier to not get motion sick. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, you 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 know the rules of portals: speedy yeah. thing go in, speedy thing come out. Yeah, and with with you being the direct supplier of the initial movement, it could be could could make it easier on your brain. I guess, yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. We'll have to see when it comes out. Yeah. Um, to kind of reel back a little bit, um, my, the last couple weeks for me, um, just been sitting at home, <laughs> uh, cause I'm currently in Italy where it's kind of a hotbed for this COVID-19. Um, isn't it one of the top five countries? It's like the top one or two. Yeah. Okay. Right now. It's number one in deaths, yeah. for sure. Okay. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy out here. Um, <laughs> but we've got a couple stories that relate to um, the coronavirus uh, in here. But I just wanted to... I. Uh, well, so first thing is I wanted to start a podcast. I did some research, and now here we are talking to each other, <laughs> recording it, and yeah, everything. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so that was a project of mine. Um, Game-wise, uh, I haven't really changed up my pattern too much. Uh, I play, been playing a lot of League. Um, I play, I'm playing the new. Uh, I have been playing the new Call of Duty Warzone. Ooh. Uh, which is, it's, it's one of the better battle royale games. Um, so me personally, I have a hard time with the Battle Royale games, even though they're kind of up my alley of, uh, cooperative online multiplayer. Mm -hmm. Um, the main problem that I have with it is that the, kind of like with Apex, which is my biggest problem with Apex too, is that the, the squad size is only three people, which is frustrating because at any given time we have four to five people in our discord server so it's hard to uh accommodate that i guess have you considered jumping into uh for example the division or the division two um no i gave that game a try and i was just i was put off from like the how much it ammunition it took to down somebody and all the numbers flying across the screen it was very like it felt like a video game it's one of those games that feels like it would benefit from immersing you but it does everything in its power to not immerse you (laughs) if that makes sense like interesting like it's setting and everything is super cool and you really want to get immersed in like the the fall of capitalist america Mm -hmm. world but it's so video gamey that it's hard to get immersed in my opinion so that was i played it for maybe like 20 30 minutes and i enjoyed the story but i just couldn't i wasn't able it couldn't hold my attention yeah ubisoft ubisoft generally does a pretty good job telling stories in their video games Mm -hmm. from 
the Assassin's Creed series, which has gone on for ages and ages, and it's it's kind of always been about the story. Then you have, you know, things like The Division, as well as many of the Tom Clancy games, which are based off of a, a series of novels. Yep. Which have strong groundings in, in real-life combat situations. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh... So that takes me into uh, <laughs> Rainbow Six Siege is another staple <laughs> in my game rotation right now. And uh, Counter-Strike, I've been feeling again. Uh, Heck yeah. I'm just, I'm really, so I was going through this really hard time of like really wanting to sit down and play a single player game to, mm-hmm. to the end. And I did really good for a while. I was playing um, Breath of the Wild. I got pretty oh, far, nice. um, and then I just stopped playing it because a lot of times for me, when I want to sit down and play a video game, I want to sit down and enjoy it with other people, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So a lot of times I find myself gravitated towards League of Legends, Counter-Strike, mm-hmm. Rainbow Six, because they're team cooperative games, and I'm able to play them with people. Um which is kind of frustrating for somebody who really does enjoy a good story out of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I just don't have the, the capacity to sit down and, and play a game through, especially some of these newer AAA titles that are coming out that are like 20, 40, 60 hour games because mm-hmm. they're all open world with side quests and optional content. <laughs> you know, I, I, maybe I just want a game that's like, uh, so actually, Shadow of the Colossus I just picked up um, on uh, PS Plus. It was free, oh, the remastered, and uh, my I've been favorite. playing that, playing through that. And for me, it's fantastic because it's such a minimalistic story. There's not really a lot of side content, and battling the Colossus is like one big puzzle. So it engages mm-hmm. all the things except for being like a team-based multiplayer game that yeah. I like about video games. It's Very nice. one of the few games, like there's no extra content. I don't have to get the next weapon or anything like that. You know, it's all, you have everything you need from the start and then yeah. you just got to figure stuff out. The only extra content that I can think of that there would be to do is to, I guess, shoot down the blue tailed lizards or collect apples from trees. But you don't need to do that. And stamina. You don't need to do that. You can you beat can the game. You can play the game. Yeah exactly how you started it yeah because it i mean beating colossus does give you a boost in stamina slight boost yes the colossi do do provide minor buffs for each one defeated yeah but not nearly as much as if you were to go hunting for each of the individual uh Mm -hmm. upgrades but yeah i don't feel pressured to like like the only thing it's it's next thing next thing they balance the game well yeah, well, and, and that's that's what appeals to me and I think appeals to a lot of people nowadays uh, with our lack of uh, uh, being able to, you know, like stuff not being able to hold our attention, kind of lack the, of the yeah. ADHD mm-hmm. form of this of this generation uh, <laughs> is uh, turn, like turn-based shooters, and, well, not turn-based shooters, but like round games that have rounds where you jump in so like mm-hmm. battle royales are really popular because 
at mo at minimum you're playing like one to two minutes you can literally jump in and play a game like within five minutes and then get off so if you're strapped for time you know even then if you are able to play all the way to the end you're only playing for like 20 minutes each round yeah. because they're the, the ring's always closing in like you're you're never going to play for more than an hour like in a game of league where depending on how bad both teams are you might be stuck there there was a game that was uploaded on youtube that is literally seven and a half hours long oh my goodness yeah so as opposed to let's contrast it with another shooter uh left for dead even where you can like the minimal time frame is about 15 20 minutes minimum mm -hmm. for completing one section of one campaign yeah or uh breath of the wild where you can literally spend 300 hours and still not 100 percent the game <laughs> unless you're a speedrunner of course which speedrunners are a different breed man well i don't understand it depends on what kind of speedrunner too speedrunner any percent or speedrunner 100 percent because even then you're still going to spend a good 20 30 hours a day yeah a good a good if not the whole day a good chunk of the day yeah so and i mean that's that's if you don't take breaks <clears throat> yeah that too that's that would be insane um <laughs> the uh the last thing i wanted to mention is um so uh riot games has had teamfight tactics on beta on pc for a very long time now okay. uh it finally got released yesterday or the day before for um mobile and it's the okay. official one point for for it it's the official like release 1.0 release 1.0 release but it is technically part of the 10.6 uh, league of legends patch okay um so yeah it's it's officially released which means that not far behind are probably uh the console and mobile versions of league of legends summoner's rift regular nice. league of legends and then shortly thereafter their fighting game and their shooter will probably come out shooter uh, in in the way of like smite uh in the way of um overwatch slash counter-strike interesting okay yeah it's gonna be a weird it's like a i have to keep my eye out for that i didn't like overwatch very much because of the lack of balance yeah it was just kind of blatant yeah so they they're marketing it as a counter-strike killer um everybody has to be a killer of something i know um but it's it's it looks to be like a almost like a overwatchy riot styled counter-strike okay it like you have operators kind of like siege that do different things but for the most part, you I think there's still a buy system, kind of like Counter-Strike. Of course. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's not a lot of information on it, um, but it's it's supposedly dropping either the end of this year or sometime next year. That would be an interesting thing to follow, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, other than that, we have uh, some articles I wanted to touch on that I've I pulled before before we jump into that i do have mm -hmm. a game recommendation for you um okay 
Have you heard of Remnant from the Ashes? Excuse me. <laughs> Remnant. Remnant from the Ashes. From it the ashes. is a... It has been touted as a Souls-like with guns. And I would actually subscribe to that, yes. Um, generally speaking, it, it does tend to have a lot of Souls-like elements, such as a, um, a limited healing supply that regenerates when you reach a checkpoint. Uh, dodge rolling. It does have some melee combat, although the majority of time you will be using your firearms. I have not. I would 100% recommend it. It is fully I cooperative, I think, up to four people. Hmm. Um, the story... The story is kind of one of those things where it could be interesting if you got yourself immersed into it, but it's not pushing itself in your face. Like, right. there are... There are logs and notebooks and journals for you to read dotted around the map that explain the story and what's happening and what has happened, but it it doesn't really shove itself into your play. It kind of looks like uh, Left for Dead style Souls, Souls game. game. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. All right, I would, yeah, I would I'll definitely to, recommend it for you. I'll have to look at that a little more. Um, so, the first story we have uh, talking about COVID nineteen uh, is a uh, World of Warcraft Blizzard is doubling all XP gains to keep its players indoors. So they're doing a double XP to be determined until I believe um, it was April twentieth was the end date is that what they said um yeah april, from now until april 20th that's okay that's insane that's what three four weeks down the road three four weeks down the road of double xp yeah i mean i i've never understood double xp like bribing if you will it's uh, it's basically saying hey come play our game we'll help you get end game we'll, we'll, we'll help you get to the end of the game sooner well so specifically for like world of warcraft and another game that has done double xp weekends and stuff like that is uh call of duty yeah call of duty when they introduced like getting um weapon upgrades by playing multiplayer is when they started introducing that, to my knowledge. I know that a lot of content is locked behind experience. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I, it's off-putting. Well, so for it's some kind of... people, like World of Warcraft and games similar, mm -hmm. the game doesn't really start until the end game for them. Yeah. Um, because then you can start farming, like, legendary armor and... You know, you grind to get to the real grind. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and because of the nature of World of Warcraft, having people get to their max level doesn't mean that the game ends for them. You know? So, mm -hmm. I think this is smart for those that are um, 
those that do play um, MMOs and uh, World and of Warcraft you have the weirdo, weirdo skeptics like me who sit and think to themselves, well, why have the game be that hard to progress through as it is? But I know it's because the, the longer you're playing, the more you're willing to invest in it because you've already put the time investment. Why not throw a little bit of money into it too? You know what I mean? Yeah. It makes enough sense. I'm, <laughs> I'm just upset. Yeah, there's, there's only one MMO that I've ever wanted to actually get into. Uh, Guild Wars 2, I'm sure yeah. you're, you're aware. Um, but it's, for me, like, like kind of going back to what I was saying before, I hate having to grind for stuff. I hate I hate games that, I mean, so like, Counter-Strike, in a sense, right, you grind to get to the rifles. Mm-hmm. But that takes maybe like four or five rounds, and then you, for the most part, have rifles or similar for the rest yeah, of the game. Within, within about seven minutes, you'll have enough for a rifle. Yeah, instead of like a week later, you finally get a piece of armor that probably isn't that great in the end game, but is good for now, but will, won't be so good maybe in another good 30, 40 minutes. Three days. Yeah. <laughs> I've just never understood the appeal of MMOs, and maybe it's just because I never got into like guilds and servers where people played consistently too but oh wow yeah isn't it interesting how uh the way we were i say we but like a a more royal or general sense the way the way humanity is raised kind of dictates how they play games yeah my roommate plays games solely to win in the fastest way possible because the way he was raised he didn't have a lot of free time right and then you have people like you and me who weren't really raised on on too much of a time frame so we love to take our time and explore see i'm not that way though okay i love to take my time and explore you love to um presumably have a good story written for you that Maybe and you were told stories as as a young child. I like the cooperative elements. I like, you like the cooperative playing elements. on a team. Because you had younger brothers. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I did. I do. Still do. <laughs> I used to have younger brothers. I still do, but I used to too. <laughs> um, our next story we kind of already touched on. Um, Valve Left 4 Dead is... 3 is not in development, confirms Valve. Mm-hmm. Um, they were merely trying to use uh, Left 4 Dead assets in the new Source 2 engine mm-hmm. that they're working on. Um, it was a render test. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's there's no, uh, no Left 4 Dead 3 on the horizon, uh, but they are talking about Portal being a potential VR game, which we already talked about, seems kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I I can currently only see virtual reality as a story platform or as a personal skill platform. Mm-hmm. Puzzles, 
don't usually work out too well. Because for the most part, there's there's only so... You can only get so surreptitious with it. Because otherwise, the majority of the player base just won't know what to do. Because, yes, like, looking down at or being in a first-person experience of looking at a puzzle and going to activate a bunch of stuff, sure, that's great, but when you add in an element of you being able to actually move and touch stuff with your hands, it it can add a whole other level of complexity that a lot of people are not ready for. I feel like puzzle games will have to come a little bit later, maybe when haptic feedback is implemented. But as of now, I can only see it as a, a skill shooter or maybe a fantasy adventure platform, some escapism. It actually originated as a, um, as a regular PC game and actually moved on to consoles somewhat successfully as well. When it got picked up and ported into VR is kind of where it really, really started to explode, if you will, as, as just a party puzzle game. Because in VR, you have no grasp of what's going on in the real world except for what you can hear and what you can feel. So you're, you're immersed in a totally different room. In this instance, it's a dark room with a briefcase that is a ticking time bomb that you have to disarm. Somebody else on the outside world is looking at a computer screen with instructions to disarm the bomb. And they have to communicate to you exactly what you need to do. And you have to communicate to them what exactly is on this device. Yes. The, the game's fantastic. I've, I've played it before non-VR. Um, yes. And it's, it's, it's good. It really does hold up. I, I guess I was more thinking when I when I had mentioned it not being a good puzzle game or, or a, a puzzle platform more more so what I was thinking about was things like Elder Scrolls Skyrim and Prince of Persia games are very fond of of quote unquote puzzles where you know you you have to I mean Portal did it too where you have to like drag a box to a button and that button activates a panel or a switch that gets you to the next puzzle. I don't foresee that being too big in virtual reality. Well, half -Life, smaller puzzles, yes. Half-Life Alex should have puzzles in it because I, I mean, mm -hmm. the it's it's a Valve game. Why wouldn't it have puzzles? Well, yeah, if you've played the played the the original Half-Lifes they're very even though it's very first person shootery and very story driven there's still a lot of puzzle elements to mm -hmm. it so i'm interested to see what they potentially do with that i'll definitely uh i'll definitely give it a shot and see if i can pen up a review for you <laughs> to to discuss over the next couple of episodes i'll i'll definitely give it a shot and I'll see if I can pen up a little bit of a review for you that we can uh, maybe recount in the in the opening section, opening segment with um, how our weeks went. Nice. But moving on from there, 
we have Ninja in the news, along with COVID. Yes, uh, inspired <laughs> by uh, real celebrities. <laughs> real celebrities. Uh, Ninja pledged $150,000 to Feeding America, which is not a small amount by any means. Mm-hmm. And I know yeah, that... It's definitely, definitely interesting. I'm... I'm not shocked. He is one of the biggest streamers on used to be any platform, but now that he's kind of isolated himself to Mixer, he's he's only big on there. Yeah, so that kind of leads into something that I thought about earlier this week too. Is so him and Shroud moved over to Mixer, <laughs> and I I wonder what the appeal is there. Like, is it just that they actually think that it's a better platform, or did they get paid? I don't know the story behind that. Do you know any details on that? I don't know any details. I haven't followed much of anybody in the competitive shooter battle royale scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I'm going to imagine it was a pay increase. Because... Presumably, Twitch does take a lot larger of a chunk. But in order to make it big on Mixer, you have to, you have to, I guess, already be big. Mm-hmm. So Twitch is, is a more accessible platform, whereas Mixer is more of a... And this is just to my, to my general understanding. Uh, Mixer is more of a, an exclusive platform. See, and I just I don't understand it because... So, like, there's people that probably had subscribed to him before he even made both of them, like, mm-hmm. on Twitch. So they're getting money for that, and then they're not going to be providing content for that period mm-hmm. of time. Unless it yeah. transferred over to Mixer, which I doubt. I'm yeah, just really confused about they're, the whole... They're competing companies. Of course it wouldn't transfer over. So presumably they'll have spent the money for the month of a subscription Mm -hmm. or sent the money through donation or other means but then once his channel or i guess once he forsook his twitch channel and moved over to mixer presumably he sent out a tweet and the people who were subscribed had to personally go and unsubscribe. I doubt they were unsubscribed themselves. No. Um, well, and looking, just looking at Shroud, like Shroud, for example, looking at his Twitch versus looking at his Mixer, I can't tell subscriber count, but follower-wise, he has like 3 million less followers on Mixer than he did on Twitch. Yeah. And that's if people have stayed followed to him on Twitch. Some people might have unfollowed because of the switch so he like gave up almost half of his follower base i just don't i don't there's potential that mixer play or pays you based on how many people follow you i guess but that doesn't guarantee money for them i know unless they're relying like solely on uh uh, on ad revenue and 
perhaps they take donations or a cut of donations. It's definitely something to look further into. That's just I strange. just don't I don't see the appeal of changing platforms, really. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very odd news, I guess. No, I mean, for our main story, good for good for Ninja for stepping up and putting some money towards. For somebody who makes a living off of being antisocial. For somebody who makes a living off of screaming at teenagers and preteens. <laughs> I wasn't going to go that far, but... Oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so just uh, wanted to throw that in there that there's, you know, some some goodwill. And in other news of following along the same lines of elitism, uh, we have E3. Cancelled. <laughs> Interesting segue. But yes, E3 has been cancelled. Uh, what? Is... E3 is very elitist. Try I mean, and prove me wrong. No, you're right. Um, <laughs> but this is a little bit old news, but I still felt that it was a it was good to throw in here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of just... uh, announcements are now just going to be digital. Um, <laughs> which kind of follows... Um, it's confusing for Sony, I guess, because Sony originally was not even going to attend E3. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that was by their choice or E3's choice, I'm not sure. But they said instead of going to E3, they were going to go to 300 other events throughout the year. Mm-hmm. But presumably they can't do any of that either. So I don't know how that affects Sony per se, but for all the other companies here, uh, it seems like they're putting together some like teaser videos that are supposed to kind of... Um... Of course, Nintendo is unaffected. They do Nintendo Direct. Uh, mm-hmm. They'll probably have a special E3-themed uh, one where they will they'll, they'll come out and announce new titles, new tech all that kind of stuff along with their regular Nintendo Direct news. Yes. Um um Let's see. Ubisoft does not offer specifics. No nope. company did not immediately respond. Or Warner Brothers. Uh, Square Enix is exploring other options to share its games for 2020. I mean, they already have their their marketing for Final Fantasy VII. Everybody's been following it because the release date is never the same from day to day. <laughs> so it's Very not true. like they have to announce anything per se. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless they have something new in the works, but they've already got... Um, what is it? Uh, Resident Evil Three. Yeah. That should have come out soon. Isn't that caught? Isn't that Capcom? Oh yeah, that's Capcom. Isn't Capcom and Square Enix like part of the same? They usually work together. I didn't. I didn't. Like Disney think Pixar. Did. Or maybe not. Am I wrong there? Probably wrong. Might be. That um, is Capcom though. You're right. Capcom. Uh, 
Capcom does Resident Evil, Street Fighter, uh, the Monster Hunter series. Yes, yes, yes. Among, among a couple of others, as well as... And then um, Square Man. Enix. Square Enix is... Oh, yeah, and Mega Man, too. <laughs> yeah. And then Square Enix does um, the Final Fantasies, as well as they did collaborations with Disney on Kingdom Hearts series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember what else they did. Mostly uh, JRPGs. Yeah, Final Fantasy is kind of their big ticket. Mm-hmm. So one of their only tickets. <laughs> yeah, one of their biggest IPs, and one of their only IPs. Although it is a good IP. Yes. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it inspired. It probably inspired a lot of uh, like Bethesda games for their oh, yeah. RPG elements. Um, Absolutely. Going all the way back to like Game Boy Color. Game Boy yeah, non-color. <laughs> you know, back in the nineties. <laughs> Game Boy. Yeah the game boy yeah um so this part of the podcast is normally where we would um read mail but we do not have any mail but if you wanted to send mail where could they send that they the wonderful viewers at home can send mail to bcpodcastmail at gmail.com uh, one more time, that's bcpodcastmail at gmail.com. Send in I anything, could, letters. I could spell it out, but I won't. Gripes. I could. Yeah. I won't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, letters, gripes, um, questions. Anything. Things that we could talk about, even. Yep. If you have I would love to hear input. That's... Things that we could research, things to learn. Yes. It would be wonderful. Yes. Uh, other than that, any parting thoughts or words? Um, boy, I really hope Valve pulls through. They're doing, they're doing great work. Yeah, they're kind of riding a high after. I mean, they've they've definitely uh, made up for Artifact. Oh yeah, <laughs> for Artifact, I forgot that existed. Oh, how they're, could you? I I skimmed over something. I almost added it in here, but they're. They're planning on revamping Artifact. Hmm. Uh, supposedly it's taking more of the auto-battler route. So similar to Dota Underworlds, Underlords and um, Teamfight Tactics. Basically, a, basically an idler game. Yeah, because I, I actually own Artifact. I was really excited for it coming out. And then when I got it, I played it a little bit and I was like, oh, that was fun. And then literally the next day I opened up something and it was like, why is Artifact bombing? And I was like, oh, no. Wait, what? <laughs> like, oh, no. Like, it has to be one of the only games in Valve's history that the active, the, the buyer to player base dropped for like 80% within the first two weeks. Good grief. Yeah. So the amount of people who had bought it were actively playing it until two weeks later when maybe like 20% of people were playing it who had bought it. <laughs> Poor Valve. But yeah, no, they've definitely made up for that. Releasing a headset that is leagues beyond almost anything else on the market mm-hmm. that isn't that doesn't cost a fortune to buy. Well, and is, also... Are you familiar with uh, Steam Link, like the hardware Steam Link? Yes. 
Do you know that they switched it to software only to compete with Stadia? No. Well, no, yes, I do. I know that they they were having a closing sale on the hardware versions so that they could, I guess, get rid of their entire stock and still make some money off of it so that you could have a piece of outdated tech from Valve. Yes. Well, I mean, so it's... They were doing it for those people that maybe don't have smart TVs because you need yes. a smart TV to download the app. Absolutely. To utilize the software, which is crazy strange. I played Battlefront with a PS4 controller, Battlefront 2, <laughs> and it took me back, let me tell you. Also, yeah. I suck at that game. I don't know how <laughs> I was better <laughs> when I was like 13. Maybe it's just that we didn't know better. That well, and also it's be the question. It's PC and it doesn't have aim assist, but I'm playing on a controller, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna blame that. <laughs> True. Damn it, technology! Oh, not having my back. Not having my back. No fun. Yeah, but yeah, I was like, Valve has been killing it, I think, and uh, that's. We'll see what happens over the next year or two but i would imagine that they're going to continue to kill it yeah they've i'm sure they've got great things in in store ea's been killing it but only because respawn has literally been carrying them on their back <laughs> pretty much their their most recent star wars game was a a complete success i've heard Everybody's fantastic things like about star wars yeah i liked it for what i played of it i do need to hop back into it when I have a little bit more time. Once again. Yeah, Fallen Common Order. Theme. Fallen Order, I've heard, is, is pretty fantastic. It's so, Somebody likened it to uh, Sekiro. Shadows died twice. Sekiro. Like, the combat system, apparently, was pretty similar. Because how do you balance a that. lightsaber, you know? I can see that, yeah. It's, it's very... Um, it's block, then parry. Mm-hmm type of gameplay as yeah. opposed to roll around like an idiot until you get behind them and then you can backstab <laughs> thanks dark souls thanks thanks all right that concludes the very first episode of backwards compatible i'm your host spencer horda and i'm your co-host nick valentine Horda. and we thank you for stopping by and giving us a listen thank you deuces goodbye guys